Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. This is Cesar Pliqueta. This is William. This is Ali Riley. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and you're listening to the London is Blue podcast. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London is Blue podcast, your home for all things Chelsea FC. Nick, Dan, and I cover all of Chelsea's latest matches, team news, and even throw you some exclusive interviews. Thank you for being an awesome listener. And with no further delay, let's jump right in. So, uh, what's going on, Dan? Well, it's just another Thursday night. In Seattle, so things are good. It's a good work day. The weather's been great. How about you, Brandon? I'm just hanging out, catching up on my Chelsea news. Obviously, nonstop, always keeping tabs on the club. And uh, saw a little photo leak from Naz Kinsla on Goal.com. Good old buddy Naz, and a former Chelsea player's to be legend, was spotted in a suit walking along the touchline at Stamford Bridge. You see this? Well, I believe, you know, you're talking about the man that if he's happy, I'm happy. So that must be Petr Cech returning to Chelsea, as rumored, finally coming to fruition, and a technical role, a technical advisory role for the Blues. This is this is a big deal for me personally. Obviously, most of our listeners know, like, I became a Blues fan through Petr Cech as him being my goalkeeping hero and idol. Uh, to see him leave was heartbreaking. Uh, and then to see uh, him come back full circle, 
it's just something I can get behind. It gives me some excitement. And so thought I'd give you a Skype call and we could just chat about this. What do you think? Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's a good time to talk about it. You know, I think obviously with, you know, Sari's comments that kind of show that people are still allowing him to rent real estate in their heads from the registration slash transfer ban still not being resolved to the fact that we don't have a manager yet. It's, you know, this is a perfect time to talk about something that's going to be, a, I think, a really, really positive thing. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, woof. Anyways, uh, so uh, let's rewind a little bit. So Matt Law, another former guest of the pod, uh, he had an exclusive, and this was reported back in April 26th, that Petr Cech, the club's former goalkeeper, was due to return in a role that would take on some of the responsibilities left behind by ex-technical director Michael Amanalo. Czech's formal title will not be sporting or technical director, but he will act as a link and advisor between the board and the first team coaching and playing staff. The 37-year-old was pictured inside Stanford Bridge with director Marina Granovskaya, appearing to be photographed and interviewed for his unveiling. Again, the full article is on The Telegraph, www.telegraph.co.uk, and you can find it under their football section. But Dan, just right away, this is interesting. This is, this is, this is a surprise to me personally. So Petr Cech, um, do you think if what we can assume is Frank Lampard coming in, do you think that was a huge part of this, or do you think the Czech stuff was always going to happen regardless. Oh, that's a good thought exercise. So we're saying that two scenarios could have happened. One is that because they saw that they were going to go hire someone like Frank Lampard or a former Chelsea player as manager, that would be better to instill someone such as Petr Cech or Petr Cech was going to happen regardless, or your favorite word, irregardless, irregardless. of the appointment <laughs> of whomever the next manager was going to be. So I think it's an independent action. So I would go with the latter of the two. When you think about this, Michael Amanalo, November 6, 2017, Miss definition or public <laughs> public usage of the first time that we heard the words pub, uh, palpable discord together, ends up leaving. And it has been one year, seven months, 13 and 14 by the time you're listening to this or maybe more days since we've had someone in that technical advisory technical director role so this role has been vacant for a long time which makes me feel like a couple of things have happened one maybe the targets that we've been interested in some of the rumored names previously Manchi who has been at uh, Sevilla and Roma we've had individuals like uh, Luis Campos who has been at Lille, and others had been rumored to potentially go into and take that role over time. And now Petr Cech is the one who steps in. And whether or not the title is officially sporting director, I think, Brandon, if you have someone who is a former player, who's a polymath in, in skill set and ability, and who has a cordial relationship with the owner himself... Unlike other scenarios, I don't think there's a bypass option around Petr Cech, right? Like, you're not going to bypass Petr Cech and complain. Like, I think this solves 
if we've been concerned about things like player power, this, I think, helps further eliminate and erode that out of the club in a very positive way. Yeah, I mean, this is interesting. If, if you know, Matt's reporting this back in end of April, Marito Sarri is still probably going to be there as things stand. I mean, it's not good at that point, but, the, like, Marito Sarri leaving wasn't a prediction. So then you have to go and say, all right, the club, this was, I think you're right, an independent decision. This is just something they were looking to go lock down anyways. Um. But how, I mean, you, you have to, like, just tell me as the biggest Petr Cech fan on this podcast and the biggest Petr Cech fan I know, what what's your reaction? How are you feeling? And where do you think or how do you think his success will be determined among supporters? Well, I think if, if his job is li- literally to be a link and advisor between the board and the first team... You know, we've heard Tweed say it. We've heard a lot of people say it. Even it's probably come from this podcast. The board, they and JK on the fan cast, this is his go-to. They don't have any footballing experience. Fantastic business people, but no football experience. So he he checks that box for them. If they feel like they can trust him um, because he knows Chelsea, he knows the board, he knows the owner, He's been there through the best times. He's seen the best Chelsea teams we've ever had. I think that my gut reaction is that this is hopefully a a sign from the board that they realize that and they want to solve that problem. Now, what's really cool about Petr Cech, besides the fact that he's a goalkeeper, which automatically makes him significantly smarter than an average field player, Goalkeepers union. <laughs> <laughs> um, yo, Big Pete speaks five languages, at least. Yes. And I think that's huge. So he obviously speaks Czech, English, but then he speaks French, Spanish, and German. So his ability to even go help with transfers or maybe help with the the locker room aspects and things like that, I think that's a really cool thing that he brings to the table that probably isn't you know, like a requirement, but definitely a huge bonus with him. Um, it's kind of funny. As a goalkeeper, you you literally sit back and watch your team play for the majority of the game, right? So he will So they're have, passengers on the pitch. Got it. <laughs> at times, yes. It comes with the territory. Um, but the point is that, you know, he, he gets to sit. He's, he's very aware of watching players play and teams work together. And like I said, I mean, he has been through so many managers at Chelsea. He's seen so many trophies, and he's seen what works and doesn't work. I think that he'll really be able to bridge that gap for the board. And 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 if a you know now before it was board manager, right now to be board Petrček manager, and on in theory, right is we are is the club are building out their their org their org chart their structure on paper this should help but remember dan how many managers they don't want that they they want to go right to the board or even worse they want to go right to roman and that's just not a thing so i think if it were amrito sari or jose Mourinho or you know maybe even like an allegri coming in and Petr Cech is the one that they have to talk to and he has no experience in this role 
I think that might be tough. The fact that it's super Frankie Lampard, we assume, I actually think that's a that that like that makes a huge difference. They I'm sure are great friends. They've won everything together. And I bet Frank can trust Petter to go to the board and appropriately express any of his concerns or demands or desires. Yeah, I think that's the biggest complaint that most people have put out there is the lack of experience. And I think it's fair. You know, there, I think there's two sides to everything. It's fair in the, the fact that he has not done this job previously. So how well or how effective can he be at doing it? And is he getting the job just on name ID alone? And I think that helps in many scenarios, if you are known or a known quantity for something and you have displayed maybe skill sets or talents in other areas and you have an interest to do something and someone's willing to take a gamble on you, you may get an opportunity that you have not fully earned in the eyes of other people. What I will say is this is not an untested model, though. And we've mentioned this a couple times on the podcast before, Brandon, that um, Dortmund have done this. We've seen... Bayern Munich do this. We've seen Barcelona do this. Very successful international clubs have used the model of taking players who have a high football IQ, have a high business acumen, and brought them up through the ranks with minimal to no experience, maybe being a coach or being a technical advisor, and instilled them in those jobs, and they've been very successful in doing that. So I, I think... The thing is, if you believe that Petr Cech is a bit of a savant, which if you watch his YouTube or listen to his interviews, you, you can tell that this man is not just a footballer, but a gifted individual, then you have to think that a boardroom of really, really intelligent people and a owner who has displayed a ruthlessness in win at all costs would not appoint someone for a job that he didn't think that individual would be successful at. Yeah. I mean, that seems reasonable, but also Petr Cech has a pedigree and his pedigree is winning everything. So real quick, uh, Petr Cech, he's been a, he was a blue for 11 years from 04 to 2015 before he signed for another club in London he has won the FA Community Shield. I want to start big, Dan, all right? So sorry for going big early. It's all downhill from here. Isn't that a part of the uh, Mourinho <laughs> the triple, triple from the United, the United yeah. Years? <laughs> so you got the, the Community Shield in 0509, uh, League Cup 0507 in 2015, Euro, UEFA Europa League in 2013, FA Cup in 07, 09, 10, and 2012. Premier League champion 05, 06, 10, and 15. And the trophy with the big ears, UEFA Champions League in 2012. He literally won it all. He's captained Chelsea so much. He's had he's captain of the national team. Um, he also uh, has some pretty impressive statistics on an individual level, Dan, as well. Yeah, I think it's it's almost surprising that you forget just when you someone's been away for so long and you bring them back that there's all this 
legacy and history to it, and the numbers really paint a picture of just how dominant Petrček was. 492 starts for Chelsea. That was uh, 332 appearances in the league, 105 European appearances, 33 FA Cup appearances, 16 League Cup appearances, and six other, which I would imagine are friendlies of some sorts. Um, Captain 33 matches, faced 41 penalties in his time at Chelsea. He managed to save eight Five were off target, 28 scored, and then penalty shootout penalties faced. He faced 32 with six saved and 26 scored. So, and, and I think the last other thing is that he is also one of the top 10 individuals with all-time appearances for Chelsea. He's wedged directly between Hollins at 592 and Dennis Wise at 445. He has the 494 total, so just shy of 500, which I don't think a modern player is going to ever get close to, to that total anytime soon. Oh, heck no. Um, <laughs> goal, but that, that now that's a luxury of a goalkeeper, right? You play or you don't. Um, and, and that's just the way it is. I mean, Kepa played in all competitions this season. Um, you know, it just, I, I look fondly back at Petr Cech. Obviously I'm, I'm wildly biased but I don't know. It's this is really interesting to me, Dan. It really, it, like from the club's perspective, I just it's this. This doesn't seem like a Chelsea move. Bringing in you know, it, bringing in Lampard not. and potentially Czech. I mean, we're, we're this club is serial winners and serial big name managers and big name technical directors and things like that. I mean, I, to me, this just, it feels like a, a bit of a zig or a zag from what we've been doing. Well, and, you know, sometimes that is the the right thing to do, right? If everybody's doing one thing, sometimes the best thing to do to counter or go against it is to go in an opposite direction. And, you know, we've talked about this idea that, you know, it's potentially, you know, with a registration ban, with a new manager coming in, with having to acclimatize some lone players or youth talent into the first team to make do for this season, that there's probably not a realistic scenario where we close a 20-plus, 30-plus point gap between us and Liverpool Man City in one season. So if that's the case and there's going to be an opportunity to learn quickly and learn on the job and to allow this season to be really the crucible that tests individuals like a Petrček, like a Frank Lampard, like some of these youth players, that this is one of the few times in Chelsea's history where you might get the leverage or the opportunity to do that in a way that you wouldn't traditionally have. And so I think as much as there's a lot of doom and gloom and there's a lot of disappointment in maybe the, the fact there's not been an appeal, I would say ultimately, even if we appealed today, yeah, the one striker everybody was excited about, like Luka Jovic, is already at Real Madrid. So that was the one I was most excited for. He's not coming to Chelsea now. So I'm of the mindset now where I'm like, let's just roll the dice. Let's see what happens. And let's be excited about what... I think the one thing would be naive to criticize this or commentate on this about it as like a move of the heart or a way to try to just win back fans and supporters i don't think the club or my perception of the club is they're not so short-sighted that they're 
whole goal is to say, we know you didn't like, or we know that some of you didn't like Mauricio Sarri last season. Let's just appoint a bunch of former players and everyone will be happy again. I think that's disingenuous, and I, I don't think that's how the club operates. I think the club is a business. The club does like to win, and I think the club is also looking at how do we set a foundation in a way that we can be competitive in a landscape where maybe we're not going to go out and spend X amount every year. We want to take a talented academy. We want to take institutional winning behavior and DNA and somehow find a way to bring that and allow that to permeate through every crack and crevice of Chelsea Football Club. Because right now, with the rotational door, you're losing that DNA every single time that someone leaves and someone comes in. So if we can cement something here, whether it's in a sporting director, whether it's in a technical advisory role, I think Petr Cech as the first stone to be laid in the ground of this maybe grand project or Chelsea 2.0, that's really, really exciting. They are going all in on Chelsea if what is being discussed comes true, right, with the... Frank Lampard, Jody Moore's 1-2 combo knockout punch. Big P above him. Joe Edwards getting promoted. Hopefully Steve Holland comes back. But I won't hold my breath because he's at England, and that's a big deal. Um, you know, Joe Cole with the U23s. It's yeah. a lot. Uh, Makalele, too. Potentially, right? All of a sudden, like, we're getting the band back together a little bit, right? But it's not on the pitch. It's it's off the pitch. And, you know, I, and I'm not going to bring up fan dividedness, but I'll tell you, the the our friends in the UK are so excited. So excited for Frank to take over. And if Petter comes back, like... Th- to them, these guys, uh, it just brings so much excitement and healing to them that I I get excited. Like just hearing Dan Sills and Chidge and JK and, and um, you know, just the rest of the people that we talk to, Axon over there, Chris Axon, everyone, um, Marco on Twitter, it's hard not to get excited at the thought of of all of these players that want everything. And I I keep saying that. I'm self-aware that I keep saying that, Dan, but it's a huge freaking deal. Yeah, it's it's an identity, right? And if you're putting people into these positions that you know, we complain that people don't get Chelsea or they don't understand the identity or what it means to be Chelsea and I think the longer for the longest time we've tried to do the square peg and round hole scenario where we've tried to take someone and push them into Chelsea yet it pushes back because whether it's their philosophy whether it's the way they interact with the the players whether it's the way they interact with the supporters whether it's the way that they find a way to ingratiate themselves or not that ultimately to be able to be excited about an appointment just because it's the individual is great. And I think the temperament is fair to say he hasn't done this job before. So we can also be critical, you know, in the in the right way. And I think it's not in a way to 
say that you know we're I don't think anyone's going to ever hope or say that they're ready for Petrchek to fail because that would be a ludicrous statement and they would be laughed out of any pub on the King's Road uh, or any Twitter conversation they're having. But I think it's fair to say that you could be excited about this, but you'd also be concerned because of a lack of experience. And it's okay to feel both at this time. It's okay to say... I love Big Pete and he's coming back, but I also don't know how successful he'll be at this job. But I think he's shown enough to say, hey, you know what? If Roman Abramovich signed off on it, who has done everything to put this club in the best position to succeed over the last 16 seasons where we're winning you know, a trophy or more every season on average since he's been here, then... I'm going to sit back and be okay with it because, again, we could be in a United situation. We could be in an Arsenal situation. It could be a whole lot effing worse than where we are right now. And I think sometimes we don't pull back enough to say, you know what? It's really terrible with some of these clubs right now. So the fact that we're trying something different, that may not work. That may not work. But it also potentially finds a way to bring some of these players in and create a true winner's mentality and DNA through every facet of our club is just beyond exciting to me, Brandon. No, for sure. I think as much as we blame the club, you know, especially as you talk about Eden Hazard leaving and not surrounding him with the players that we should have or the weapons that we should have. I mean, this kind of seems like the, the club or, or, you know, the board are making a change. They're, they're making a conscious decision to do something different. And I think that that's, that takes guts. I mean, remember, guys, we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars on the line here every single season. I mean, these are not small gambles. I mean, you don't get top four. We we talked about it. You're missing out on 50 million pounds in, in revenue. You know, you'd miss out on top six, and that's just a whole, whole other thing. Um, so if we can paint a pretty interesting picture here, Dan, uh, Real Madrid did it with Zinedine Zidane, right? They took him from the U20, your U23, U21 coach, made him the interim head coach, and he solved it all, went on to become permanent manager, won the Champions League back-to-back. Was back-to-back-to-back, was it? Whatever it was, it was phenomenal. Smaller sample, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer goes to United, <laughs> has one good month, gets the job, flatlines. Do you, which way are you leaning? Zidane or Solskjaer? I, I think it's going to go more in the success route. Just from the mentality that he has had. I mean, I think, you know, Zork from Dortmund is probably a better example. Obviously, those are more managerial situations, but you know, he went right from his playing days at Dortmund into being their technical director, and they've been a pretty shrewd business model and been competitive against what ultimately is a, you know, a one team league in, you know, Bayern Munich. So credit to them for finding a way to do it successfully. I mean, again, we've, we've seen it across multiple teams and multiple leagues that this model can work, but it's, it's a talent assessment. And again, I, you know, be unhappy at the board all you want for certain things, but I feel like at least from hiring this type of individual that I would trust Marina and I would trust Roman Abramovich to 
do their due diligence from an interview perspective and make sure they feel comfortable. And yeah, you know, again, you're not going to accept a job that you think you're doomed to fail at. And again, this could all go face to the ground and plant really, really hard. But I just, it's not what I believe about Petrocheck from everything I've seen and read and heard. So yeah, I think this is the type of gamble that in the moment there might be a small hint of cynicism or criticism from some, uh, even those outside of the club, you know, and some of the interactions I've seen, people are like, what the fuck is going on at Chelsea? Um, but I think ultimately this is a move that could set us up for a second decade of success. And that's where, where I'm hanging my hat on this. Yeah, I'm pumped. I'm optimistic. I think this is a, a huge, crazy package deal that, that Chelsea are going all in on. Uh, and I, you know, I, I tell you what, guys, honestly, um, been, like winning is a mentality, you know, like this world is blessed with amazing footballers, but the difference between, you know, bang average and, and winning trophies is usually mentality. And Frank's going to bring that and he'll get on people. He'll chew some asses if he has to in the locker room. And I think that's an exciting prospect, not to say others didn't. But he gets Chelsea. And I'm really interested to see, Dan, that DNA, that Chelsea DNA, how much that translates to. Because you have to remember, like, Frank's going to care a hell of a lot more than Maurizio did. And obviously, that's more evident than ever at his bullshit quote unveiling. But don't let him rent the space in your head, Brandon. Frank's not going to let him rent the space Frank's in your head. Frank's not going to do that. Like, this is well, his, of course he's it's not. his dream job. That's, you know, that's my point. And so that kind of goes back to you talking about the flexibility that he'll bring to it. So um, as you love to do, uh, rapid reactions. So after 28 and a half minutes of talking about Frank, what's the one word you would use to describe? You keep on saying Frank. Don't you want to say Petter? I'm sorry, Petter. Apologize. I'm getting mixed you're, you're up. You're so excited for both. It's, it's <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> it's, it's interchangeable at this point. Um, what's the one word you would use to describe how you're feeling about Big Pete coming back? There's only one word, Brandon. That's happy. Yeah, I, I'm ecstatic. Uh, I'm super biased. I hope we get a run into him when we go to Stanford Bridge and we go to Cobham. <laughs> We'd love to sit down and have a chat with him. Um, but anyways, you know, his role, if his role is really just to be kind of relationship manager, uh, maybe help with some of the signings and things, I think that's something he can come in and do right away. I don't think he's going to manage the scouting network or the loan army. I think that'll come a time. But if he got to focus on those two things, um, I, I think he can be successful, Dan. I really do. Well, I think I think that's the thing. That structurally, the club will find a way to set this up in a way that makes sense for everybody. And many what many smart people do is when they are not acclimatized to the job they're doing, is they, they what they will do is they will get really, really talented people to work near or around them to help more quickly acclimatize them and acclimatize their organization to achieve success at a rapid rate. So I would imagine that uh, whether it's scouts, whether it's the relationship with the manager, that Petter will set himself up and the club will work to set himself up with a structure that puts him on the path to success. You know, I don't think this is the type of thing that the club would want to do and see him fail or see any of their former players fail that they are so beloved by supporters. So, yeah, I am I think this is a positive bet. I think it's something to be excited for. It's okay 
to be critical of it. It's okay to have trepidation or feel a little, I hope this works out because I want things to go badly. That's all fine. But I think the overriding feeling needs to be just absolute excitement for the club trying something different that if it works out right, sets us up for success in a very different way. Absolutely. As always, you listeners, let us know what you think via social media, our email, or on Discord. We will be talking about this. But again... Smoke signals. Yeah, we can try that. I mean, it's got pretty good visibility up here in the summer. I don't know about you guys out there on the West Coast, but we'll go with that. It's it's good right now. Uh, I love it. Anyways, um, yeah, we're just trying to bring you all the Chelsea content this summer. Uh, No days off. Uh, It's going to be a good weekend. I hope you all enjoy it. And uh, we'll be back with more stuff coming at you uh, in the very near future. But until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.